irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to the Power of Love Radio Show only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power of Love Radio Show, sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. We believe that through the power of love, that nothing is impossible with love on your side. I am TJ Jackson, and I have with me my middle brother, Terrell. Incredible middle brother. <laughs> Incredible <laughs> today, huh? No. And, yes. and we have uh, Taj Jackson, the eldest. Yes, and wisest. Hello, T. Hello, Terrell. The and the, the, the wisest? Yeah. And then we have a, a special, special, special guest today. You got three specials. I know. I got three specials. Um, we have... Terrell, you can introduce Mayor. I'm going to introduce Yeah, Mayor. okay. First of all, I'll do the professional introduction. Yeah. Mayor is a licensed... Clinical social work. Thank you. I saw I saw the LCSW oh, and thinking this is how we're going to start. <laughs> I <laughs> saw the LCSW and she's told me so many times. Licensed clinical social worker. That's correct. Um, AKA therapist. Yes. Okay. Um, so that is Mara, and you know how we always make our disclaimer: how we are not licensed therapists, which we aren't. My brothers and I, we're just ordinary people who have experienced loss in our lives. And we've been impacted by it, and we like to share our experiences to help you. But today, we actually have a licensed therapist, Ms. Mara Tapia. And I will do this again later, but Mara is practicing out of here in San Fernando Valley in Tarzana. Uh, her phone number is 310. Don't call her now, and only call her if you need help. Her number, <laughs> no crank <laughs> calling. <laughs> her number is 310-804-6220. Again, it's 310-804-6220. Cheryl, go ahead. You do a little well, introduction I, now. Well, uh, Mary and I go way back. Way back. Way back. When did you, um, I graduated first with you, Mira, um, from high school. That's correct. When did you come to Buckley? Do you remember what year it was? Or? I came in seventh grade. Seventh grade. <laughs> seventh grade. I, I went to Buckley my whole life, so. Um, <laughs> but seventh grade, junior yes. high. Yes. And we graduated together. And do I go? go yeah, keep going. More? You're going. And my best friend, since, you know, obviously we know Louie. Um, I think I met Louie at like seven or eight. Years old. Seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. And we've been best friends ever since. And Mara, who's your husband? I married Terrell's best friend. Wow. Not just kidding. <laughs> wow. We love I, I feel the same way we sometimes. Love <laughs> so, so in a way, like you are our sister. Like you are a sister. Yes, I definitely feel like you guys are family. Louis, Louis is like our brother. Of course. We Blue love dog. Louis. Um, but uh, Mara, we have so much... Um, that we experienced in like school and just inside and outside of school and in life and things and there's a lot in common and um, we're happy to have you and we thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah, it's good. I think it's and you know I wanted to, you to mention that because it's Mayor Tapia and yes, obviously Lewis is like an, a fourth brother to he us. Is a fourth brother. Um, so I wanted the listeners to to know that Mayor is like family. 
But anyway, we're here live on the Power of Love radio show. So if you're listening to us right now, thank you for joining us. Joining us, and later in the show, we will be taking phone calls again. You guys okay with phone that? Phone calls. Yeah, um, we'll take phone calls. So if you didn't reach us um, last week, uh, we had a lot of calls. Then try back this time, and and maybe one of us, probably Mara, can help you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and don't okay. First of all, the phone number is three two three two zero three zero eight one five. And please keep your phone call on topic. Um, I don't want to, you know, you to call and say how, you know, so TJ, I've had your post. Well, actually, I don't mind hearing that, but <laughs> <laughs> don't call saying Taj, I had your poster on your wall. You know, that that's just a waste of time for me. <laughs> no, but really, keep it on. Poster. <laughs> uh, let's keep it on topic um, so we can keep it moving and help as many people as possible. Also, if you have questions on uh, social media. You can, um, we're at Twitter. Todd, you want to do the Twitter? I don't want to. Sure. Uh, Twitter is at, um, at DDJ Foundation. Go, might as well do all this. Do all the socials. Um, Facebook is D-E-E-D-E-E Jackson Foundation. Instagram is at D-E-E-D-E-E Jackson Foundation. And the website is www.ddjf.org. And, and if you're just discovering us, <clears throat> as I clear my throat, if you're just discovering us and you want to learn more about the foundation, please um, visit our website. And please, uh, I told Mara before we started that my brain is just not working today. But please get involved. Um, if you can't donate, that's fine. But, you know, just your voice, sharing the message, sharing um, what we're doing here means a lot to us. And, and we'll help someone out there. Um, we have three sponsors for today's Please, show. please. Uh, first of all, we'd like to thank Pepsi for sponsoring us today. Nice. Um, LA Splash Cosmetics for sponsoring us today, and Mama's Boy for sponsoring us today. So three sponsors. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. So, um, Mayor, I know a bit about your past, um, not too much. Well, I know some, but the one thing that I always told people that really rocked my world, uh, even prior to my mother's passing as a teen, was when my parents got divorced. Um, it actually it hit me so hard that I didn't even care to get married. I used to tell my best friends and friends at school, I'll never get married. Um, and it was actually, I'm happy you're here because I've told you this before, I think. <laughs> and at least I've told your husband. It's actually your wedding that changed, at least started to change my mentality on on weddings and, and, and marriage. So thank you again. Thank you. I've told you that before, right? You said that at your wedding. Well, there you go. I've told the world that before. <laughs> it's true, though. I, I I remember Royal was just a baby, and he was the ring bearer. And oh, he was so cute. Oh, look at his dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Brain is not working. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, really, I, I, was, I had such a negative... And I think it was obviously because of what my parent, the divorce... It, I, I couldn't stand hearing my, my parents argue and a lot of my family uncles and aunts got divorced and it was just such a sad such a sad moment such as that such a sad part of, of someone's life especially for kids yeah so much that when Francis and I first had Royal you know we didn't even think about marriage and I didn't I was against marriage at that point I know you have your practice. Well, first of all, what's your opinion? Do you have anything to share? Well, I mean, I think any loss, you go through the same stages, whether it's a death, whether it's divorce. Um, I think the feelings and the emotions that you experience are very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, now, you have, um, you have a practice mm-hmm. where you see um, 
people every kids you see parents you see you I do see everything teenagers i see adults couples and what's families. what's your biggest advice to first of all kids that are dealing with divorce what would you tell them i think that um they just have to take it one day at a time i know that sounds very cliche but you know adolescents especially it's the end of the world one day and then the next day everything's wonderful um so to try to remember that you know don't get too ahead of yourself and that they don't have to choose sides Mm. that their parents love them and this isn't about them um and to stay neutral because it's really hard they get brought in they get used Mm. Mm. do kids often think they're um they're part of the reason of the divorce, you know. I think that kids will blame themselves yeah. a lot of the time. And the other thing that kids will do is if parents fight a lot, kids will start acting out in order to distract from the fighting of the parents. Mm. So you see bad behavior kind of Absolutely. enhance. Um, and what about for parents? What do you tell uh, parents who are going through a divorce or going through a separation? First of all, what do, you, what, what do you advise them? It's so important that they don't do it in front of the kids, that they don't fight in front of the kids, that they don't talk bad about the other parent in front of the kids. Mm. Um, it's, it makes it really difficult for the kids, very confusing. You know, they feel guilty, they feel torn, they feel angry. Yeah. Um, so to keep the adult issues away from them. Now, what's your opinion on... Um on, on parents who kind of, I don't want to say suck it up, but stay together for their family? I don't think that that is the best choice. Um, I think that a lot of parents think that, that we can just stay together till they go to college and then we'll split. I hear that a lot. Um, however, the kids pick up on the toxic environment and mm. you're also you modeling so? for them. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And you're also modeling for them. You're modeling for them what a marriage is going to be. So whatever you're showing them at home, that's what they are going to grow up thinking, well, this is what marriage is. Uh Um, What about... You guys have anything? Any questions? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. I know. Every situation is different mm-hmm. with um, relationships and marriages and things, and um, with divorce. What would you say is the one common, most mostly the common thing you, you see with children when dealing with divorce? As far as like, like how the, it impacts them? Yeah. Well, everyone everyone has a different situation, so they yeah how it impacts them. What Believe is the it or not, some kids are actually relieved when there's a lot of conflict in the household. Some of the kids will tell me, "Thank God, like I'm glad they finally did this." Right. Um. You know, it's scary. It's a change. They don't know what's going to happen. Who am I going to live with? Um. What's it going to be like? What if they get a new partner? You know, all of those things. So. You know, as much information as you can give them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's life changing. What, what if it's like one sided? What if one parent is kind of bad mouthing to the kids, but the other isn't? Like, what would you recommend in that case? I mean, you can't control somebody else's behavior, but the parent that's bad mouthing has to know they're doing damage whether they think so or not they are damaging their child and does the kid pick up on that that one parent is bad mouthing and the other isn't of course of course so i'm looking at um statistics online it says 50 percent of all north american children will witness the divorce of their parents almost half of them will also see the breakup of a parent's second marriage 
so that's a lot of loss that um and like i said for me personally that was that was devastating just to, and I think I, I think you make a good point because it was really hard for me when I'd hear my parents argue at each other. Mm-hmm. It's like your two favorite people, you know, right? Going at it. Um, so again, we're we're taking phone calls three two three. We'll open it up now. Three two three is the phone number. Three two three two zero three zero eight one five. Again, it's three two three. Two zero three zero eight one five. Mayor's laughing at me. I told you my brain isn't going to be working today. Oh we might need a relief pitcher soon. Cheryl, warm up that arm. Okay, so we're we're one day shy of of Thanksgiving. Actually, my family um, we we honor our grandmother, and uh, we do we don't do a Thanksgiving um, dinner tomorrow. As on Thanksgiving, we do it the day before usually, and t- today's no different. We have a family Thanksgiving dinner this evening at my grandmother's. What do you? Um, what was your? What was your question about the holidays? Was it you, Taj, who was talking about holidays? Oh, I think was it about the last yeah. things? Um, that was me, Terrell. Let's hear it, Terrell. It was just. It was just about because I remember when Mom passed away, mm-hmm. and it's for anybody that loses somebody, and that doesn't have to be a parent. Um, it's going through the holiday the first time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. our first Mother's Day or your first Father's Day or first Christmas or first Thanksgiving, whatever it is. It's difficult because obviously it's your first time without them. And then as well, you're seeing all the other families, you know, you're seeing Mother's Day decorations or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Um, I just w- wanted to maybe talk about how you deal with that, what, what, what you can expect or how you feel. You know, especially with the holidays coming up. You know, I lost my dad pretty young, too. I was 15 years old. Um, and absolutely, the first year of holidays or birthdays, anniversaries, super, super difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it does get easier. You know, we still have bad days, but I think the good days far outweigh the bad days. Um, and I think, you know, some people try not to talk about it because they feel like, well, if I bring it up, then everyone's going to get upset. But I think it's nice to remember the person, to look at pictures, to talk about them. Um, I think that can ease some of those feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everyone handles it differently. Um, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, for me, it's, it, it was difficult, obviously, and I don't, I don't think I had a lot of pictures of my mother around, um, just because I didn't. It was, I don't know why, just didn't have a lot of pictures of my mom around in the house. And I have a few now, especially one next to my my bed. Um, but I think, I think it's also it's it's sad because there's situations where you see on Mother's Day, you can see um, mothers and daughters or mothers and, and sons they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And that that really bothered me because I didn't have my mother. Right. Of you course. Know? Um, so it's like you wish you could have that that moment, but you can't. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's almost like you wish people would really take advantage and realize how important and how how lucky they are to still have their family. And, you know, I understand Christmas is about gifts and this and that. But when the family's together, they really need to focus on on family. Absolutely. I agree the, with that. That's the greatest gift. Okay, so we have a phone call. Okay. And we're going to put it through. Hello, you're on the line with Taj, Terrell, TJ, and Mara. Tapia. <laughs> 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 who is this? Hello? Who, who are we talking to? 
Oh my God, my name's Ebony. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? You okay? I'm doing fine. Oh my goodness. I did not think I'd get through. <laughs> you are here. You are speaking to us. Do you have a question or anything you want to talk about with Miss Tapia? Um, well, yeah, what you were just talking about earlier, how spending holidays about your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it okay if I talk about that? Yeah, please. Okay. Well, um, I lost my father to cancer uh, January 2015. And Sorry about that. Usually around this time, I get emotional because the last holiday I got to spend with him was um, Christmas and back in 2014. Mm-hmm. We took a family trip to Florida and, you know, just, it's really hard to... I'm here for you. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's, who said you... Yeah. Who's, who was that in the background? Oh, um, that's my best friend, Tiffany. You actually spoke to her on the show last week. Yeah, <laughs> Tiffany. Tiffany, sweet. Yeah. Um, hi, hi, Tiffany. Um, Mary, do you want to answer that? No, I mean, it. it is. It's very difficult, and I think you just have to experience it and know that it is going to get easier with time, but, but that this may always be a difficult time of year for you. Yeah. Yeah. It just brings back a lot of memories and triggers a lot of things. But um, it does, yeah, like you said, I think it, it gets easier. You you learn how to deal with it and cope with it. Um, but you'll always remember your father and um, think of him and love him. So obviously those those feelings will be there every year. Mm-hmm. I What I try and do usually is if I do feel that way, um, I just try and honor and celebrate them during that time period, trying to try to counter it. And that usually works for me. For me, like when I start feeling down, you know, around Mother's Day or whatever, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, put out a, a tweet or Facebook something, you know, with just me- a good memory or something. And that, you know, feeling that love from other people that really helps too. Yeah. Or yeah. if there's a and special. That's what we do. Um, he always said with me and my brother to always keep contact with your family because they're all you have. Mm-hmm. That's all it's. Yeah, so now I'm more recently, like more than ever, I'm actually going to spend Thanksgiving with my grandmother tomorrow, me and that's my mom. Great. Oh, that's great. So, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do to honor your father is to make sure mm-hmm. that you prioritize your family. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ebony, for your phone call. And hi, Tiffany. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, you thank guys you. have yes, a good, safe holidays. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. You Happy too. Thanksgiving. Bye. So, and, and this is another question I had. For, for in my in my situation, Frances lost her father on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Actually, oh. the first year we we met, and um, so I, I when I lost my mother, it was a random day in August. Mm-hmm. But when it's on an actual holiday, it's so hard. It's like ten times harder because it just. It taints that holiday and that 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 moment. It kind of robs you of the you know mm-hmm. that. And Christmas Day is a like the, one of the happiest days, if not the happiest days. So, what do you what would you advise me in terms of of supporting her through that? I never met her father um, because, like I said, it was the first 
within a couple months when we met, but what would you advise me to do to support my loved one as Tiffany was doing with Ebony? I mean, I think talk to her about it. Ask her what she needs from you. You know, I think sometimes we're afraid to ask people what it is they need, but we're not psychic. You can't read someone's mind. And I think just stopping and acknowledging, you know, I know this day is really difficult for you. How can I best support you right now? I think that goes far. Why is it so hard to to do that? I, I have a hard time opening up that can. Uh, opening, and, and that's one of the reasons why we do the show is to try to make it more comfortable talking about loss. But it's really hard to start that conversation. I don't want to like start a, you know, her on a downward trend or see. Or that's ruin what her day. everybody's afraid of. If I open up that can, this person's going to get upset, and then they're going to be sad the rest of the day. But I can assure you, that would mean so much to her. To one, validate that yes, this is a really difficult day, and then two, how can I best support you? What do you need me to do as your husband? Do you, is that a female thing? Oh, my Lord. Really? <laughs> really? I, I just, I don't know if I'd want someone to ask me that. What does that mean? You, you're a different story. I mean, you three come from a different family where you were always guarded. So you have never been good, any of you. Well, Taj, I can't speak for you as much, but <laughs> I can definitely speak for Terrell and TJ. Neither of you are good at expressing yourselves. You, you both really struggle with it. <laughs> so what do I got it? So I should come see you then. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'll refer you out. I think it's a conflict of interest. <laughs> no, but I'm happy you're here, Mary, because you, you're someone that always gives it to us. By the way, um, a couple hours ago, <laughs> oh lord, where is he going with this? I, um, I googled you. Oh god, because I was looking for a picture, and you wouldn't give me a picture. <laughs> and if, just so you know, you passed the test. I couldn't find a picture of you. <laughs> but I googled you, and um, you came up on rate my professor. Oh lord, there's some <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Do you know what your rating is? It's bad. I think it's like fifty percent. No, it's actually good. It is. I wouldn't bring it up if it was oh, bad. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, it was like you got like a four point something, like a mid four, a four point four out of five. Really? Yeah, which is. <laughs> very Why good for rate my professor shocked, because when i looked years ago and then my <laughs> principal was like don't look at those things i mean really like 50 percent is good no it, it is and i used to look at it you know because i did a lot of classes online and so i would <laughs> i would choose a lot of my classes based on the professor and you had a great rating so i just oh, want to share well, that some people you. said you were the best faculty member at buckley and wow and the only ones who are giving you bad reviews are the ones who really did something really bad and got in trouble because of it so that's that's thank you that's i thought that would be cool for you to know it is good to know (laughs) some of the kids you know don't love having to take a mandatory class so yeah that's cool what what other classes oh i I don't know how detailed we can get but you guys just started at your school Mm -hmm. can i say the school i don't know yeah. You've already said it like three times. Okay, well, we, everyone knows we went to Buckley. Yeah, you have said that three um, times. Royal goes to Buckley. <laughs> have I said it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I okay. said it. Well, Terrell said That's it. That's where I went to school. Um, so Mayor is uh, the therapist? I'm the school counselor there. The school counselor there. Um, and then there's some really cool classes that have just now become mandatory. Yes. Which are? Human development for our freshmen. Okay. Um, which I teach, which... I tell the kids there's nothing they can't ask me 
there's nothing they can ask me that's going to embarrass me um, as long as it's not about me personally. So <laughs> they come to me with very honest, real questions. And this is because I th- was Royal the first year? No, no. Yes. Royal was the first. So it's just the two years ago. The first year that it was mandatory. No, it was health before, and then they turned it into human development. Have you seen a difference in the kids that go through that process? I know it's still early, but like, are the juniors who went through that a little different than the junior before the class was? I don't know that they're different. I feel that the communication is open. You nice. know, they'll come to me if if there's an issue that arises. Nice. I think that's that's one of the most important things is communication. Mm-hmm. And even to go back to what you were saying, how you can support Francis, because mm-hmm. um, I would think the same as you. Like you don't want to mention it because you don't want to put them into a bad situation or bad bad thoughts and memories and things. But at the the, the flip side of it is it's so important to let them know that they have support mm-hmm. because like like a, I think it was several shows again ago that um, someone was going through something and they felt they didn't have any support from their friends. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the person that's going through it. It's important for people to know if your friend is going through grief or loss that you reach out and show that you're there for them because they may need you. If not, they feel that they've lost, not only did they lose their loved one, but they've lost the support of a friend. Right. So it's important that you reach out and communicate that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Because if you don't ask about it, then they feel that you don't care or it's mm-hmm. not important to you what they're going through. Um, so, And if they don't want to talk about it, that's okay, too. They can say that to you, but at least you've put it out there. Yeah. It, like, for me, when someone loses somebody, it's hard for me to, to reach out to them. But I'm, I'm getting better because I just don't want to bring it up. You it's know? an uncomfortable thing always. I mean, for me, it's uncomfortable when someone loses a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember because no matter what anyone says to you, it sort of feels like a platitude, you know, you're, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. Or, you know, he's in a good place now. And I just remember being angry with those right. types of comments. Right. Yeah. As a, as a mother, mm-hmm. what, what do you fear for your kids? I mean, I have two girls in Los Angeles. I fear a lot. (laughs) Yes, yes, I do too. But what do you fear? Do you you have any fears that, I don't know, what do you fear? I want them, the most important thing to me is that they become strong, confident, self-assured women Mm -hmm. above all else. Your your kids play travel softball? They do. when they have a tough loss in a game? I saw a little... It's hard. Mary gave a face, like, so sad face. It's hard because, I mean, I feel their pain. My husband gets very frustrated, you know? (laughs) In sports, you're not supposed to be crying in the dugout. I think every male coach, if they coach girls softball, they'll tell you, you know, there's no crying in softball. But they're girls, and girls are, you know, they're emotional. So what do you, (laughs) so do you quickly put on like your therapist hat for the team? No, I mean, I think that I will let my daughter talk about it and, you know, I'll ask her, do you want to talk about it? Um, And I just, I try to be supportive that Mm -hmm. you can't be perfect every time. And if you expect that of yourself, then, then you're making a mistake. Well, I think losing builds character. You know, and absolutely. It, it, it brings it builds the perseverance and strength you're going to need, not only for 
you'd excel at the sport, but to excel in life. And Terrell Todd and I, we always talk about it. Buckley Sports, uh, at least back in the day. Okay, they've improved. <laughs> we've Come improved, on. but they well, were. They have to improve. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> they weren't. Um, we weren't known for our sports program. We definitely were not. Um, but. It, it really it's it's a different mentality i think all of us share we like the underdogs we always we never yeah. believe you know you're out of anything there's always a way to win there's always room for improvement um anything is, can happen anything can happen is that is that buckley's doing or is that just uh, you know i think it is buckley's <laughs> doing because i remember with louie he says the same thing though yeah because we played at buckley and our baseball teams weren't always the greatest um, and Louie went to a different school, and he had good teams. And then when we played uh, Sunday League, our, you know, we were playing with our friends, so not all of them were really good. Right. So for us, we had fun, my brothers and I, because we were, we were, were used, used to, to play, players making yeah. errors and striking <laughs> out. He doesn't. Where Louie yeah, was no. coming, I was like, Louie, you got to know who you're playing with. <laughs> no, <and> just, <laughs> no, no. But, but after he started coaching, because he coached at Buckley. He coached baseball there for 12, 13 years. Yes. And, and I remember him calling me and just realizing what kind of players he has. And now he, he had the mentality, like he got it. Yeah, I mean, he still hates to lose. He'll still say to me, God, I hate losing. Um, but he's able to see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is we want our daughters to play teams that are better because we want them to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not going to just chase some trophy just for the sake of that. Right. Or have her do that. Right. You know. So, yep. Yeah, so it, it, be, it becomes... Like for us, it, it became, you know, having that player on our team that's never played baseball. Mm-hmm. So our victory, our, our win was when he got a base hit. So I would, I would <laughs> once Louis started coaching at Buckley, it was that thing where, you know, these kids and these kids at Buckley are great. You know, they're very smart. And, you know, it's just some of them. It's a very small school. It's a small school. So, so some know, of them are not real baseball players or basketball exactly. players. We're just trying to. But they'll crush it in math. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so we have a question online. Um, when when parents going back to the parents divorcing, mm-hmm. when parents divorce, um, I, I think the answer is yes. But it, do, is it sometimes that the kids may need therapy? That answer is yes. Absolutely. Okay. So my question, my added question to that is, how do you know when your child may need therapy? Um. When parents go through a divorce, I would advise them to put the kids in therapy, even if it's just brief, briefly for a few sessions. A lot of times the kids don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and so they're not necessarily honest with mom and dad about what's going on. So having a neutral person where they can, you know, say I'm angry at dad or, you know, I'm mad at mom. Without any consequences. Right, or without, without having to feelings. then feel guilty for saying it, mm. you know, so or to hear that's normal. Mm. So you recommend maybe doing at least one session with the child and the therapist? Yes. Not not a family session? I mean, I think family sessions are important as well, but for different, for different things. Okay. And it also depends on how amicable the divorce was, because sometimes it's so bad that the parents can't even have a conversation. Mm. That's a, that's a good point. There's a question online about what if domestic violence is involved or abuse. That's a whole different, yeah, a whole different story. Um, what are the kids like at that point? Are they do they are they 
angry or do they shut down like or it all depends it all depends but um they are more likely to be in an abusive relationship as adults if they don't get help okay that's a good point okay i have a question um and i don't know if this is like something just that i thought or if it's changed growing up and i think you mentioned this tj as well growing up when i would ever hear therapy Mm -hmm. I always thought there was something wrong with it. Right. I don't know if it's changed because I'm older now and I see that there isn't anything wrong with it or if it's just people and everyone has learned what it really is. Can you talk a little bit about that? I still think that kids are resistant to therapy a lot of times because they do. They feel like, well, there's nothing wrong with me, which is absolutely true. Um, But I also think therapy in general is become more socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have children or if you have a friend that you feel needs to to go to therapy or should experience therapy, what how are ways you can get them to go? You know, a lot of times I tell parents to in order to get the buy-in of the kids, you tell them, okay, I'll tell you what, you commit to three sessions, and after three sessions, if you really don't like it, I'm not going to force you to go. Um, But a lot of times you will connect with them within the three sessions and they will stay. I have a client. I've had her for five years. The first time I met her, she's like, I hate therapists. I'm not going to talk to you. I have nothing to say. Um, And we have an amazing relationship. Mm. And I I thought it was, I mean, I think it was, I'm not sure exactly why I never cared to go to a therapist, but I think it was also because of our family. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like, you know, I can't be open or right. speak freely. Right. Um, but all licensed therapists are have like a confidentiality. Absolutely. Right? You're yeah. bound by. And, and I would have to imagine there's definitely people that their first times you almost have to fill each other out. And I, I know some people that went to therapy and they were very closed, as you were saying, that they're not going to open up. They're not mm-hmm. going to this. So is it after, is there a time like maybe, I mean, it's different, obviously, for everyone. But do you start to notice like someone starting to open up? Is there at least go three times type like a, of thing? Yes. One of the things that I truly, truly believe is that the most important part of the therapy is the therapeutic relationship between the client and the therapist, regardless of their theoretical orientation or anything like that. Um, If a kid or an adult or anybody doesn't feel comfortable with their therapist, then there's no point. So I think you know pretty quickly. I mean, I would give it a couple sessions to see if you can develop that rapport, but if right away this is not a person that you feel you connect with, then you you go to somebody else and you keep looking until you find that connection. Question. As a parent, when your child is dealing with any setback, mm-hmm. how do you get them to open up? Or what would you do? Would you let them open up on their time? Would you... How do you, how do you maneuver around that situation? I think that you tell them... Um, If they don't want to talk about it, you tell them, I just want you to know that I'm here. And when you are ready to talk about it, you know, come talk to me. And that's it? You just leave it there? Or would you revisit it? I would revisit it. If they're Uh, still showing signs of... Yeah. And you can say, I'm noticing this and it's concerning to me. You sure you don't want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. When, when, When I lost my mother at 16, I think I was a senior, about to start senior year. 
Maybe junior. Were you a young six? A young you're, senior. You're right. So it was, it was junior. Yeah, you're not that smart. <laughs> Stop trying to skip. Sorry, the grade sometimes I forget. Um, so I, I, so I was going into the eleventh grade, but I remember there was such a loss. Uh, uh, I didn't care much anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about my grades. I didn't care about, you know. And I can only imagine. I never had this conversation with my father or, or my grandmother, but I can only imagine that was a tough time for them, to try to get me back on track. And to try to re-inspire me in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, as we've always said, our uncle was really huge on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone has an amazing, lucky, you know, a, a, a plugged-in uncle like we had. Right. So, what do you do as a parent, or as a good friend, or as an uncle or a cousin, when you see someone who's dealt with a, such a setback, such as a loss of a parent? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get them back on track? I mean, I think having them talk to somebody about what's going on. I went through something very similar when my dad died. I could care less about school anymore and about anything. Very self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the pain and that's the anger. I was angry. I was angry at him for dying. I was angry at the world because my dad was dead and my friend's dads weren't dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um And I also think when someone dies and you're feeling depressed, one of the symptoms of depression is that lack of motivation. So again, dealing with the underlying issue, you have to look at what is this behavior representing? Why are they acting this way? Because there's something going on that's causing them to act this way. What are they trying to communicate? Seems seems tough, (laughs) is it? I don't know. But okay, next next question. You talked about depression, mm-hmm. teen depression. Mm. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> Any, anything teen. Huh? Yeah, it seems like all teens go through some type of. I don't want to say depression because they don't all. No, but they seem to go through like a a not shift. Well, a think shift. back to high school. I mean, was that like the what best if, years of your life? It actually was. <laughs> All right, well, was you're one of the few. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's like it seems like kids go through, once they hit like 13, 14, maybe 15, they go through this funk. Yeah. What is that? They're confused. They're trying to figure it out. You know, things are changing. Their perspective is changing. Their bodies are changing. Their feelings are changing. And it's not always a smooth change. Yeah. Is it comparison? as well like maybe what do you mean? uh like comparing why them? am i not growing why are they yeah. tall and i'm short just teenagers do not want to feel different they don't um so whether it's they perceive themselves as shorter or you know for girls they don't want to be the tallest one or you know they can pick apart any little thing um and we know as adults that with time you become more comfortable in your own skin and that does pass but it's a really difficult time, especially here in L.A., when all they're seeing, you know, in yeah, the media yeah. and everywhere, mm. they're being fed these images of these perfect people. How do you accelerate that? And, and accelerate the confidence within themselves. How, how would you recommend to accelerate? That's a, that's a good question. Do you... I think every child is different. And mm. I think that they'll get there. Um, but the rate is different for everybody. Mm. For for me, I'm not a licensed therapist, so you're not. You're not. No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, but 
I feel like people that stand out, like you look at the people that make a difference in the world, they are different. You yeah. know, and that's a thing. I, I celebrate different, you mm-hmm. know, people in that way. Did you always? Yeah, I did. So you actually. would have felt that way in high school as well. I was different in high school. I wasn't the. I didn't. I wasn't king. King of school. Elephant. No, elephant? Yeah. no, he wasn't. I didn't make the all stars <laughs> all the time. I had. A, you know, I struggled through stuff, and I identified with people that were different. I was one of those kids that. You know, I don't want to say the person's name, but that everyone that ragged on this one person in school, I was friends with him. Is that does that explain your dreads? Your hair? <laughs> okay, the person you're talking about, yeah. I know. Yeah, and he I was got bullied. Just telling my class, he got bullied about him every bullied. day, yes. and I would always go up to him and say, "Hey, how are you doing?" And That's and but that was the thing because I knew what that was like, and it's not like I would I wasn't treated that way mm-hmm. and whatever, but. I don't know if I just in hindsight, but you, the people that you remember, like the people that have really stood out in the world are different. They mm-hmm. really are different. They're not like everyone else in, in a certain way. And so I don't know. I, I don't want to be normal because normal is not you know, it's memorable. Like the, it's like the Apple campaign. What's, they had think, think different. different. Yeah. Yeah. Think different. But it, I, I think it's when that person is different, it's not always that they accept that. And that's the thing. It's yeah. embracing who you are, not trying to be somebody else to point. fit into, you know, whatever your idea of what you should be, but to really embrace, embrace who, who you, you actually are. are. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So we just accepted another phone call. Ooh. Who do we have on the phone? Yes. Hello. It's uh, Myra. Hi, Myra. How are you? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> I'm calling from the Netherlands, so I'm sorry for my English. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's perfect. English is great. Perfect. Yes. I don't hear you so well. You sound very far. <laughs> it is very far. <laughs> yeah, we are far <laughs> yes, away. You're far away. Yeah, you are far away. Sorry. <laughs> what, what, what can we help you with? Um, I have a, a question. Um, I lost my mother four years ago. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then I put my radio off because I yes. hear some Feedback. noise in the back. <laughs> Feedback. Now, I lost my mother four years ago, and at that moment, I struggle a lot because uh, my father was so, uh, I said it, mm. lost, and he wanted to um, cross his car against a tree. Mm-hmm. So I was only working with my father to get him well, and my son was having problems. So I forgot myself. Right, right. And now I notice that I'm four years later. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling, yes. but still my father's struggling and my son is struggling. So I don't know how I have to deal with it. You need to put yourself first now. Um, you know, you've you've pushed your feelings down for four years and now it's your turn to deal with them and hopefully as yes. you heal they will heal as well yes mm. yes because yeah like i said it's, it's so difficult to yeah you're you're going on and on and on and on and at the, at the end you feel tired and depressed mm-hmm. and yeah because you forget about yourself you put my I put myself on the second place Right. And how can you help your father and your son if you're not healthy? Yeah, that is, I, I know, but it's, it's very difficult to, yeah, I don't know. Right. M- well, M- Myra, is that, am I saying it correct? Yes. Myra, thank you for the phone call and <laughs> thank, thank you. you for sharing it. And I, I, I'm, I'm like you, I like to 
try to help others and always think you can be helped last. And I'm learning that you have to take care of yourself and mm-hmm. and be the best you you can so that you can help them as best as you can. <laughs> so, um, but th- okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much for thank the phone you. call and and take care of yeah, yourself. And thank you. All right. Okay, thank you. Be safe. I have okay. a few questions from there. Yeah. Um, do you have to deal with it? Do you have to deal with it? <clears throat> what happens if you don't want to deal with it and you it, go the rest of your life, I'm just not going to deal with it's it? It's going to come out somewhere. It's going to come out somewhere. Do so you just live the rest of your life pretty much unhappy or bothered? Yeah, or you'll have a, some sort of explosion later down the road. Um which is because you stuffed those feelings. So do you have to face it and just go through that storm? Or is it one of those things where slowly but surely you'll get better and it'll just go I think away? that some people want to face it immediately and some people aren't ready to. And I think that's okay as well. I mean, who are we to tell someone else how they grieve? As long as you do grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand needing some time. Or, you know, like the last caller having to deal with, you know, her father being suicidal. Obviously, that was immediate and she needed to deal with that um, before herself. But it's still, you know, she's saying, I'm feeling depressed now. And so it's catching up to her. Because I I don't want to, I hope you're okay with it, but I want to talk about you, Taj. That's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Putting you on the spot. But I know I know you pushed down your feelings and you didn't really deal with it because of you were you had to be big brother. And and that was and that's and that is what I'm always worried about. When is it gonna be the time where it just explodes? Because I did have to be um, the the rock in a way, you know. Um, and I don't know. I feel like my emotions aren't you know, completely there anymore mm-hmm. for certain things. I'm kind of hardened in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I, I do worry about that and, you know, and whatever. But I, I also try and overcompensate with being happy, you know, and, and bringing happiness into my life to, to counter that in but a way. But sometimes being the rock is modeling for people that it's okay to cry. It's okay to show emotion. That doesn't mean you're not strong. Yeah. See, but I think society kind of doesn't say that. And that's the that's the rub. That's the problem. It's like the strong one is the one who doesn't cry, you know, or who, yeah. who doesn't show any pain or who can tough it out. But it's actually braver and harder and more scary to show that pain and be vulnerable. I agree. It's, it's tricky um, because I had a question a while ago and it's kind of coming back up. Um, my, my thing was routine. Being, being the rock also meant you know, um, there was a lot of responsibilities as older brother. You had to do fill out this, do this, do that. You were constantly busy, mm-hmm. so that was a distraction. And my question was back when we were talking about school: is is routine? You know, every situation is different. Once again, um, but when do you jump back into the routine? Is routine good? Does it help? I think routine does help. Absolutely, um, I think it helps return to normalcy to some point. I mean, you still have to deal with those feelings, but I I think routine is always good. Because it helps them know that everything's going to be okay. Yes. And unfortunately, life does go on, and you'll see your friends and yes, And and sometimes getting into, back into your normal routine is what you need in order to, to help you grieve. So how do you find that line? I mean, um, 
I'll just say, let's say a kid loses somebody and they're in school, they're a student, mm-hmm. and obviously they're going to miss a few days of school. Or of course. When's that time period? How do you know when it's time to get back on and, and continue? I mean, I think a lot of times we'll say to the family, like, why don't you try coming back to school? You don't even have to go to class. Let's start with you just being on campus, being around your friends. And, you know, baby steps from there. Maybe you do a half a day and then you do a full day. I mean, I think one week, maybe even two, but you want to get them back into their normal routine. You're not saying that you haven't gone through something or you're not, you're still acknowledging their pain, but I think it's healthy to get them back in the normal routine. A lot of them actually want the routine. Um, because it's so sad at home, they think it's easier to come back to school and at least have normalcy there. When they go back to home, they'll deal with what's going on there. But at school, it's like a they're vacation. Yeah, joking around a bit. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. Oh wow! But um, I want to thank you, Mara. Thank you for yeah. having um, me. You, you, Miss Mara Tapia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why you guys laugh? Because it's Lewis, right? Yeah, um, Lewis. Please, if you are in the area, or or even Skype, you sh- you need to start taking Skype appointments i'm trying to get mara to to branch out to branch out more because i think she's amazing thank you um her phone number again for crane calling whatever you need (laughs) (laughs) really serious phone calls only please uh is 310-804-6220 again it's 310-804-6220 an adolescent adult and family psychotherapy yes Right, psychotherapist. Yes. Miss yes. um, Maritapia, thanks again for Thank being you on. Thank you for having Mara. me. Um, again, we are the Power of Love Radio Show, and we can. I'm not going to go through all the social handles, but our website is www.ddjf.org. We are here Wednesdays, Wednesdays from one to two p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you found our program helpful and can afford to do so, please go to DDJF and support the foundation with a donation. And if you can't do a donation, just help us spread the word. Um, We're trying to bring hope and inspiration to everyone around the world. And that is it for Taj, Terrell, TJ, and Miss Maritapia. Um, have, Have a safe and happy holidays. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to The Power of Love. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Support for our Power of Love radio show comes from a variety of generous donors, including supporters from institutions, individuals, and corporations through the D.D. Jackson Foundation. DDJF is a nonprofit 501c3 organization.